0: Welcome to this week's Torque Talk. My name is Rich Ryan. We're bringing you all sorts of insight. And this week, we are talking about a course map. We've got Charlotte coming up. So, Mark Godet's joining me. We're going to go through all the ins and outs of what to expect during this course and maybe some different strategies and things of what we see uh, from a first glance at this map. So, joining me, like I said, is Mark Godet straight from swim practice for the kids. For the kids, anyway. What's up, Mark?
1: Hey, what's up, Rich?
0: Not much. So, first impressions of this thing. Have you had a chance to look at it much? It came out earlier this 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 time. Like last time we did one of these was Vegas, and it came out like way late in the day. So this is actually some good timing. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think first impression is it looks eerily similar. At least the uh, obstacle placement and setup to to Jacksonville. I mean, I think the terrain is going to be quite a bit different, but a lot of running, a lot of um, you know, just speed bumps of walls early on and then uh you know it gets a little little more obstacle dense as we get closer to the finish
0: yeah sometimes they are just hamstrung just by the uh, venue itself to where they can actually lay these things out um have you been have you done this venue before
1: no this is my first time running in charlotte
0: yeah i'm not like is this like an equestrian park what are we looking at
1: yeah i think it's it's a, a farm of some sort um so it looks really green. It looks fairly muddy. Uh, it looks like it rained a little bit today and a little bit is expected on Saturday. Okay. Um, Yeah. So that's good to note. Yeah. All the old videos that I've seen from the past, it looks like a sloppy mess.
0: Oh yeah. Cause I mean, in terms of elevation, there looks like there is a, a descent that's going to get Oh man, it's only like 60 feet. I'm looking at the the key over here. Like the highest that it goes is like, what is that? 560? And, yep. the low, and the lowest is 500. So like really there isn't too much climbing or up and down. Like looking at the elevation map, it looks like it's a pretty sharp steep down, but it's only going to be like 60 feet. <laughs> so it's not going to be anything yep. crazy. So you may be able to pick up and roll a little bit. Um, but right from the jump, you're right. Like it's just going to be a couple of those speed bumps for the whole whole first mile. So it looks like it's going to be a straight shot, but it looks like it could be through the woods. Mm -hmm. So it might be a a bit of a technical run. This first, the majority of that first mile, maybe like three quarters of the mile total looks like it's through the woods. So what do you think here? Are you going to try to, are you going to go out and, um, establish it or what, what are you thinking for early in this? Cause it could be bottlenecked and it all, but it also could be, and it looks like it does go down a little bit. It looks like it's some, a bit of some sharp ups and downs through that first between over walls and hay bale. Um, so I don't know how fast right off the jump it's going to be. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to try to get out to the, to the front pretty early here. I don't, if we're bushwhacking, I definitely don't want to get caught um, behind a, a few people and having to be weaving, um, in and out or taking lines. I don't really want to take, so I'll try to get out pretty fast and, um, you know, separate a little bit, probably over the, over the first mile. Um, and I, I, don't really know who's going to be there. Um, I just know Brian Gwiski, uh, will be there. Um, and I just know how proficient he is on obstacles. So, you know, I don't really want to be within striking range of him uh, coming into the final, you know, gauntlet, I don't really want to be with him. So I need to get out and, uh, and kind of separate early.
0: And there's going to be some running here. So if you can get out there and see how you're, you're doing on the footing there and just take charge a little bit, I guess, depending on who else is there, you know, it's, it's not too far from what is, Woodsy you come in any idea?
1: Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard. I'm not, I'm not sure. I would expect him there, but I haven't heard a, a definitive answer.
0: And I thought I saw, this is like, this is the whole, like, I don't know if I want to call it industry of like OCR predictions. The only pre- Jack Bauer, he does it right. He like talks to people and knows what's going on. Everyone else just kind of goes off what other people's like Instagram say. I did see Aaron Newell was in North Carolina. So I don't know if, yeah. So I don't know if he, and you know, I think him and Woodsy are boys. So I think they hang out, but I don't know if that was for this. I think I saw that this is what happens. You just, people just kind (laughs) of think they see things and then like project who's going to win this race. Um, but you know, if woods there, he'll obviously take it out. Um, and he'll be there. But I think, I think you're right. I think like it's like almost three quarters of a mile. It it looks like of not much else, but running through those woods. Yep. So then we come at the first mile. It's right by a six foot wall. Inverted walls right after, um, And that's when you get a bit of a sharp downhill, like the main downhill here with that like 60 feet downhill that we were talking about looks like it's gonna be right after the inverted walls, and it looks like you dip back down in some woods there. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then like a really sharp climb coming back up, but again, only going to be 50 feet of something that looks really steep again, is this look like anything you need to pay attention to? Or is this going to, going to be like, see where the race is at. And like, there's going to be a downhill and then an uphill with a, um, looks like Atlas is or no, the hurdles are going to be right there. There's really no obstacles in these first five or six. It is just straight up speed bumps.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's like you said, with only it being 50 feet of change, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any, um, thing to really overthink here. I think it's just, you know, get out pretty quick. We'll probably be generally the same, you know, going down and up there. And then it's just a matter of, uh, of probably accelerating coming out of that climb.
0: So this looks really wooded from four to five. So inverted wall to hurdles, it looks like it's going to be, um, all woods in here. And, and like, and this is like the part that goes down and then right back up from a racing perspective. Are you just going to like hang on here or cause it, again, there is some running and by this point you're going to be like halfway done. What do you think about that? This spot?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just see, I see it as another opportunity to, to probably separate from, you know, the, the fields, um, and using running as a, as a strength of mine. Um, I think that's so that, too. Yeah. I
0: think this might be the last chance <laughs> it's so short for like to actually have any type of uninterrupted running and who knows what that terrain is going to be, Like expecting it to be muddy, expecting it to be like, uh, like a, looks like probably some roots and stuff, um, and some ups and downs. But yeah, that looks like it, it's going to be like the last real spot. Like that. So most of the running is going to be done at a mile and a half. It kind of looks like, because then when, when we come out of those woods, It's um, the hurdles and then Atlas and rope climb, plate drag, multi-rig, all before – all kind of stuffed in like the last like half mile, quarter mile. Yep. Huh. Anything on those that stick out? I mean the the multi-rig is just going to be rings. They should probably change the name of a multi-rig. It shouldn't be like multiple stuff if it's just – or is it multiple rings? You think is what the the name is for.
1: Um. Yeah, I I would agree there. Yeah, it looks like there's some pretty grip intensive stuff with the, you know, play drag, multi-rig, helix, not so much, and then into the hercoist. I mean, I don't think it's... um, But there's really not a whole lot of failable obstacles here um, outside the spear throw. And then, you know, the Z-walls can always be tricky depending on the conditions.
0: So coming through this, are you gonna think about how to go through multi rig? Are you gonna try anything different on here, or just kind of get through how you can get through it? In Jacksonville, you were didn't you go didn't you go like straight arms like all the way through, or how or like swinging, or how'd you get through it that time?
1: That's that's what I did. Um, kind of regret regretted that. I normally never do that. Um, I just that stretch in Jacksonville, I was trying to kind of conserved coming into the the tire flip at that point. And I just kind of was like, use, use it as a breather. And I think everyone kind of around me did too. We all, we all kind of did the same technique through there, but that was probably an opportunity to, to pick up a little bit of time on, on some people.
0: So when, cause some people do that and get through it really fast, right? Like if they get real big swings and they're real proficient. So you think to go fast, you, would you go bent arms and, and kind yeah. of match? Yeah.
1: I'd match my hands. I think that's what I plan to do tomorrow unless it's, um, I mean, even in wet conditions, that's generally what I do. That's probably what I'll do just to get through it faster.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because it would be here coming out. Like no one's gaining any ground on any of the other ones, like Atlas carry rope climb, Plate drag. Like there's really going to be negligible about how much space you can gain or lose on those, but multi-rig could be a place and helix is kind of the same like helix is directly after multi-rig and that's just something that's a a little bit slower i don't know how much ground even the best helix traverser would would gain on on something like that and it looks like but there's really not much there's really not much space between the two of them
1: no i really i think the the bucket carry is really the other one where you can you could pick up a chunk of time on on people you could get you could get probably 10 to 20 seconds on on a lot of people depending how how far that that carry is
0: is there anything yeah in the barbed wire i guess so i i guess that little gauntlet there where it's the drag the like the all those other things we just talked about helix hercoist is there anything in those or a different way to not to do those that would can you foresee that hurting your bucket carry or your barbed wire crawl in any way? Is there a way to avoid that? You think, or, or is it just like, doesn't matter?
1: No, I don't think it, I don't think it matters too much. Um,
0: I don't think so either. So at least like, and that's going to be, and like everyone's, there's not much running in between. They're all kind of slow obstacles. So after, barbed wire crawl people are gonna like you might feel fresh <laughs> you know yeah it's true this entire race might be the bucket carry
1: yeah it, yeah at least out front um that very very well could be the case
0: because if it all bunches up if it all bunches up after after the, these running parts and then it's just the bucket carrier, it looks like a pretty decent size one. It's, it looks like it's in the woods too, so it might be like some nasty footing and some muddiness. Mm-hmm. That might, it might just be it. And like spear throw is, is right after. So of course, like with the caveat that someone could miss a spear. Um, but I mean, if, if you lay it down on that bucket, that might be the whole deal.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think so. You hmm. Like we've, we've discussed so many times it's for some reason in OCR, it's, it's so hard to, to cover that ground and, you know, link back in with someone once they've separated uh, for some reason, you know, it's so different than road racing and even trail, you know, trail racing. You can, you seem to always be, be able to like, you know, drag yourself back into a race, but OCR seems to be different. Um, so I think here, it's uh, it's just a matter of separating like prior to the bucket carry, um, because really that's, I think a lot of people too are just they go into survival mode too once they've, once they've been dropped, and we we probably all do it, oh yeah, uh, so just go into survival mode and like I'm gonna hang on to this placement, um, more so than like let's close the gap on, on the guy who just dropped me. So, I think I, I want to be the aggressor. On this weekend, so but I think that's a that's a good point. Is the uh, if if I can't separate the buckets might be the last opportunity to do so.
0: Because that's the only thing that, like, looking at this now, like, and talking it out, like, I would be concerned of is that like if you spend it on those two running parts, and then everything bunches back up naturally through these obstacles, and then you get to the bucket, and then two other people were just kind of like riding along with you or just like happened to catch up. Like someone like a whiskey who will ca- who will just like get through all of the obstacles, no problem. And then have a bucket carry and you, and like, you might not have that much space on them. Even though the effort you put down was probably pretty heavy in those first two. Right. In those first two sections. So that's the only thing Like looking at it now that I kind of like, ah, oh, huh. I wonder I wonder what, what what kind of tactics could be at play.
1: Yeah, I think we'll see. And I mean i'll have I'll have uh, two runs of it Saturday and Sunday on the exact same course, which is is something I've never done before.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we can test it out. <laughs> you can yeah. uh, see how see how I stress test each each of these theories and, and spear throw. Good to go. We on the last on the recap actually of Vegas. I talked with, um, Annie Duby a lot about her spear. Cause you know, she's been racing so well, but just missing her spear in these first two races.
1: How do you throw your spear? Um, I mean, I take two steps back and I remind myself not to finesse. And, um, I try to throw it like straight through the target. Like I, at, when I first came into the sport and I was missing, I found that I was kind of looking for that trajectory of, you know, it was like a downward trajectory when it hit the target or like it, you know, the end of it sticking up that you see a lot of people who have that nice, like you're trying to arc it. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of on its way down when it strikes the target. And there's a lot of people who have that nice, like natural smooth trajectory into the target. And I found that I was just like, um, I just wasn't quite as, as accurate or consistent you know, with that. So I started just throwing it more like a a football Mm -hmm. and throwing it hard and like no finesse. I just like rear back and I, that thing will stick all the way in. There's like, no, like none of the tip is showing, um, when I stick it and it just, you know, I just throw a straight line, um, almost as hard as I can. That's kind of my technique. And it's, it's been working for me lately. (laughs)
0: i do the exact same thing and when i first started i I started i just hadn't i guess thrown anything in a while and i threw like a baseball which i've never been really good at throwing a football so i would always miss to to my left i'm right-handed so i would throw it and it would come across my body and i would and the spear would just miss down to the right that arc is interesting do you think about because of your basketball background do you do you consider that at all? Like, did you try to with the arc of it? Cause I guess that's kind of more of like how you would shoot a basketball, like, right. The trajectory, like, if you get that up on and like the Steph Curry shot where he throws it way up in the air and like, have it, has it come like directly down or hits the rim softly and then kind of bounces in. Um, did you, do you think your sports background came into play this? Or you just like,
1: I'm, I just need to throw this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think I just watched video and I watched a lot of the, the top athletes on the on both sides who were really consistent and they found that kind of finesse. Like if you watch, um, like Ryan Atkins, if you just watch him throw it, he's like very relaxed and it comes out of his hand, like very soft.
0: Yeah. Um, Almost like not like like, like, how someone would throw something.
1: (laughs) So, um, Like I saw that and I was like, Oh, that seems like a, you know, the way to do it, get your heart rate down, you know, don't need to be like, Wing in this thing you can just be nice and relaxed up there like you're shooting a foul shot in uh in basketball mm. the kind of way to is get your heart rate down you know relax and uh and just stick it and i was just like just not very consistent i would hit it sometimes and then other times i would finesse it and fall short and so i kind of was just like all right i'm done with that i'm just gonna like rear back and and throw it hard and just that's throwing it. this thing yeah. And that's what I've been doing. I just don't think about it anymore. And that was, that's probably the the biggest key is the, the confidence factor. And then just not thinking about it, just grabbing it, finding the, uh, the balance in, in your hands. And then, uh, you know, two steps back, two steps forward and just wing it. You and, take two
0: steps forward. So you'll take, you'll step right, left and throw Yeah, like you're, you're rearing back. Okay.
1: And then, uh, the other thing I, I talked to Annie about this a little bit last night, but some people will grab the, you know, grab the spear, like the full fist around. And for me, that's like not very natural to, to hold a spear, um, like all the way around, kind of like you're with your, your fingers kind of exactly knuckles up, knuckles up. Yep. And, uh, I've kind of like turned it like my, my, uh, I guess my index finger or my pointer finger kind of goes like straight down the, yeah. Um, like down the, towards the back of the spear. Huh. And like also I can really like, just I can angle my shoulder to throw it more like a football. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So you can play around with that finger so that everything, so then it just, so then your wrist is pointed forward kind of as you're releasing it. So it's, you're not turning the wrist yep. completely. Okay. So you actually just kind of angle it. Got it. Yeah, because I, I I definitely bend my wrist back. I don't. I haven't done the thing with the finger, but that's good. That's a good call too. Because, like, when you're shooting a basketball, right? Like the release point, it's gonna be your your middle finger and your index finger, right? Those are like the last two that that should release um, and touch the ball to get that spin. So if your index finger is there and it's releasing straight off of it, yeah, that's a good two. That's interesting. Hmm. I'll have to try that. I only take one step though, because I think of it like a foul shot, where it's like the less, the least amount of motion I can have in my routine, the better. So I just like step back and just one step and then just throw it.
1: Yeah. I um, think that's honestly, I think it's the way to do it. Um, I just kind of, you know, I found one thing that worked and I'm like, yep, that's it. This I'm, is it. I'm sticking with it. <laughs>
0: Once you hit one, you're like, this is how I'm going to throw forever. <laughs> yep. And all right. So after you hit the spear, it looks like you're in the woods again. And then, what are, they, what are we saying this is? Do we have a distance on here? 3.5. Yeah. So I guess still a half mile after the spear. We got, z- and, and z-, z Wall looks like the really the only other spot where things could be made up or lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, you know, a wet monkey bar is just, you know, lack, loss of concentration or something.
0: yeah but even still like yeah yeah but even still like after vertical cargo it's like you can't go that hard after vertical cargo your your heart rate's probably gonna be down a little bit like you you're not like no one's gonna be like yeah it would have to be a straight-up mental error like i don't think anything physical could happen um for that and this is a vertical cargo that would be without the platform because it's a sprint right
1: yep i think so hmm
0: Yeah. And that's it. (laughs) So then he just, just finished. So it it really is just, is it, is it always 20 obstacles for a sprint? This just seems like nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at this and I'm, I was like, okay, the, the tire's missing from Jacksonville, but like, what's the, was the tire just replaced with Helix and that's, that's the one substitution.
0: I guess so. Yeah, because you didn't have anything really cool in, in Jacksonville, right? Mm. There was twister, beater, bender. Yep. <clears throat> huh. How's Helix for you? What is your thoughts on Helix?
1: I don't I don't like Helix. I'm pretty slow on it, honestly. Really? Yeah. It's just kind of an awkward thing and I'm you know, I'm not very flexible. Mm. So I have a hard time, you know, clo- like st- sticking my foot all the way across that gap it's pretty far. I, I watch. Yeah. A lot of the like smaller athletes, with just better mobility bridge that gap so easy. And I, <laughs> I can like barely get my toe across, um, backed out in the, in the, uh, through the, like the inner thighs and the, in the groins.
0: Cause uh, yeah, like you can, it's like, it's, it's pretty far. And like, if it's wet, there is cause for concern, but just like the vertical bars, like once you grab one, like you're, you have it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. So you wouldn't think that that would be anything, but it's just like red right for multi-rig and everything's going to be so slow there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So that's really it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the one, uh, you know, during my warm up on Saturday, I'm going to try to get out to at least get eyes on the Z wall. That's really my, the one thing I, you know, I like to pick my line at the Z wall ahead of the, uh, um, and potentially, you know, the spear throw, like just get an eye on, you know, the, the lane that you want to take, um, if given the, given the choice.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like to see the spear and what, what I like, I like, I like the rope to be tied to the right side of the target. I don't like the rope to be across my body. I mean, that's nitpicking. I don't think it really matters that much but z wall for sure let's see where z wall is on this map um
1: yeah it looks like it should be accessible on the warm-up yeah it looks like it is really close to the start
0: i'm seeing it it looks like it's gonna be on like a flat piece because the finish is a little uphill yep i wonder if that'll play a factor i don't think so huh this is strange this is a strange course what do you think
1: I mean, I'm pumped just to race. Right. Um, really any any no, course. Yeah. No complaints uh from my end. Um it should be a fun weekend too. I think uh it, it's gonna be a a uh, a pretty strong field for just a, a regular local race. Um um so it'll be fun to get out there and, and see everybody as well.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun to mix it up. And you're going from um Northern Virginia. How far, how far is that for you?
1: Uh, about four and a half hour uh, okay. drive down there. So not, not too bad. It's no Jacksonville um, right. commute for us this time.
0: I was talking to um, Jamie Brusa last night and she's thinking about doing Montana and that's like her hometown. She lives in Montana. She's like, it's like a five hour drive. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's your hometown race. Your in-state <laughs> race is is further than anyone would drive on the East coast to get to yeah. get to. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. I mean, I think that's really it. And, and, and so, I guess really, it, it's going to depend on how you want to approach the first two miles. Like, it, it, as a a racer in general, I think this is I'm speaking in generalities here, not necessarily for for you, Mark. But like, how how hard do you want to go in the, those first two miles? Like, how much separation do you think it, you can create before things kind of bunch up, and mm-hmm. then hammer that bucket because that's like that bucket carry is in like a really good spot because like it's a little bit further in so you're gonna be a little bit tired and you're close enough that you have that you can't get dropped Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to go as hard as possible on this bucket
1: well yep definitely yeah i kind of i enjoy the buckets uh later in the race um because there's really no hiding at that point like early in the race a lot of times everyone grabs them you kind of get in You know, getting a little line or you pack up. Right. Everyone kind of just like, you know, maintains the same pace. And you're you're content with that. You're like, okay, I'll just, you know, stay with with so and so through here. And then uh, but late in a race, there's like, you can't do that. You're you're on your own. And uh it's either stick or get dropped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It really is. Cause I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be all that. These sprints are desperately missing the sandbag
1: carry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why these these are taking what like 27 minutes. Yeah, I think
0: I, I thought VJ at Vegas was like damn near 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's that that second carry definitely adds like a another uh, level of difficulty and you know, it just gives us another 3 three, four minutes on the course as
0: well. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll be happy those come back. Oh, here's something. So I haven't been to a course yet for Spartan yet this year. This will be your second. Um, in terms of like COVID protocol for someone who might be like for their first race of the year, is it what is there to expect like how is is it different at all did it feel like in terms of like the check-in and the timing of things i know they tell you not to show up until a certain amount of time um mm-hmm. are they strict on that like what is it
1: generally like on, on race day um so it's it's different um in the sense that i would say more people are like congregating outside of the venue uh than usual like in the you know, kind of hanging out in the parking lot, waiting for their, their 30 minute uh, check-in window. Um, and Spartans pretty, they're pretty good about, uh, you know, sticking to the, you know, 30 minutes prior to your, st- your start time is when they'll, they'll let you in. Uh, so, and then once you're in, you're just expected to wear a mask at all times within the festival area. And then um, they'll start queuing up the, uh, they'll start queuing up the, the waves, um, like in, it was almost like a secondary corral. It looked like, Hmm. well, like one was queuing up and everyone's kind of standing, you know, six feet apart with a mask on. And then, um, there was no wall to jump over to go into the, you know, to go into the starting corral. So that was a little bit different. So you kind of just like came in and moved down. And then at the starting line, there were like blocks that were already, drawn on the ground that you had to occupy one so one racer per and uh and then everyone maintains a mask until the race starts and you there's this trash cans you know like 25 meters past the start line where everyone drops their disposable masks and and uh and then it feels like a, a normal race and then you finish and someone will hand you a mask and you toss one back on hmm. at the finish line and the Um, you know, Sparn was really good at at uh, you know, they seemed to separate like open up the festival area a little bit. So it was like a bigger area. Um and they weren't like, you know, they weren't sticklers with like kicking people out of the venue. So people still kind of had the the festival experience. Um, but it's definitely not it's not without the the massive crowd of people waiting to race there's just not that many people in the hmm. festival. Area. So it, it kind of has the same feeling with maybe like 25% of the capacity um, post post race of what you're used to at like a venue.
0: Yeah. Cause there's good, there's typically good energy. I like the energy that was at, that, that's at the venue and never thought about it before, but I think I liked that wall to jump over to the start line. Like I never, I literally never thought I was like, is this cool? I used to not like it. Cause I, I, like when I just first, started doing the sport. I would just like be behind people and like, like that I didn't want to be behind. And I kind of felt like I kind of got stuck. Now I'm just kind of like, excuse me, but I get, I I think I kind of like that. It's like you're, and then you're in it. Like, you're like, all right, we're in the course and now it's time to start. There's no turning back here. Yeah, um, Cool. Um, sweet man. Well, that kind of wraps it up. I mean, short course, not too much to talk about. Just figure out your plan for the first two hammer, the bucket, carry, hit the spear and be aggressive. Uh, would you be aggressive? Be aggressive if you need to be aggressive on Z Wall. If you don't need to be aggressive, just get through it.
1: Yep. Yep. Just get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, we'll be looking forward to seeing how you do. Uh, make sure we'll give everybody a, a shout. Uh, we'll make sure we'll post about the results and everything like that. And we'll have you back next week to talk about uh, recap if you're open for it.
1: Sounds um, good.
0: Cool, dude. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Rich.